Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. He's outspoken. <laughs> He's controversial. He's the king of sports media. He is the loudmouth leprechaun, Kurt Johnson. You mess with the leprechaun, you get the clovers. And you're listening to the KJ Experience. So get ready to bow down and praise the king of sports media as he takes back his throne. This is a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. Exclusively on CSS Radio. What's going on, sports fans? Long time no talk. Episode 10 of the KJ Experience right here on blogtalkradio.com in conjunction with CSS Radio. I am, in case you guys don't know or don't remember, I am the one and only Loud Mouth Leprechaun, Kurt Johnson. I am thrilled to be back. I know it's been a long time coming. There's a lot going on in my professional life, but also my personal life as well. Good things, not bad things. Um... But I am back here. I appreciate everyone waiting and being very patient with me as I get back on the airways. And for you new listeners, welcome. For you old listeners, you know the drill. Follow me on Twitter, at KJ Experience. Follow me on Facebook, the KJ Experience. Always, I'm always willing to listen to y'all, let, let you guys' voices be heard. The call-in number is 657 657- 383-0267. Once again, the phone number is 657-383-0267. I have a tremendous show for everyone today. I'm going to be on for two and a half, three hours, hopefully three hours, but maybe two and a half hours. I do have a dentist appointment uh, later this, this, this afternoon. So, you know, bear with me, but at least two hours with you all talking everything sports related. I have three amazing interviews coming up. Join me at 12.30. I will be joined by Atlanta Hawks play-by-play announcer, the one and only Steve Holman, will be joining me talking about the Atlanta Hawks and what to expect from the 2019-2020 season for your Atlanta Hawks. The schedule came out. Of course, I'll be talking about that with him as well. And, of course, his legendary career that everyone knows about and really looking forward to that at 1 o'clock. For you fancy football fanatics, I will have from Yahoo Sports and a fancy football analyst on Fancy Football Live on Yahoo Sports, the one and only Liz Loza is going to join me 
been talking everything fantasy football this year. Um, fantasy football has been huge, a huge part of my life. I cannot wait to get back into fantasy football. College football, I did my college football draft a few days ago. I think this past Sunday looks pretty sharp. I have some good players, but the pro football is where it's at. So she'll be joining me at 1 o'clock. And at 1.30, for you wrestling and MMA fans out there, the Combat Zone will be here. I will be joined by one of the fastest rising female wrestlers, not only in the Southeast, but in the world. And that's Amber Nova. And if you don't know this name or don't know this gal's personality, she is a firecracker waiting to happen. So it's just 100% pure muscle. Cars love cars. So, of course, I'll be talking about that along with her unbelievable rise in the women's professional wrestling ranks as well. Like always, follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter. And send me an email with questions, concerns, suggestions at kjexperience11 at gmail.com. Um, I do a segment on this show for you people that don't – this is your first time listening, and I appreciate uh, you guys joining us this afternoon. I, it's called the ATL Hotspot, and basically what I do is I talk about Atlanta sports for the first 15 minutes or so. And I'll be joined at 12:30 by Steve Holman, your play-by-play announcer for your Atlanta Hawks. But I want to talk a little bit about the continuing continuing struggles that is the Atlanta Braves bullpen. And you know, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, Kurt, you know they they got to save last night." Mark Manicon, who we acquired as a free agent trading deadline from the San Francisco Giants, got a save last night. It's, everything's all well. Well, the Braves are up six games on the Nationals in the NLE. Good, 31-50 and 50 for you people that are keeping track. That's good. We have an important series last night and, of course, you know, two more games with the New York Mets because the New York Mets are on fire. I believe they've won at least 13 of the last 14. It might be even more than that. But the three pitchers that we got at the trade deadline have been horrible. When when I say horrible, they have been horrible. Just checking out these stats real quick, Chris Martin, who we acquired from the Texas Rangers, he has only pitched three and a half innings, gave up five earned runs, Six Ks, and he's having a 7.68 ERA since joining the Atlanta Braves. Are you saying that's good, Atlanta Braves fans? Because I don't. Three and a half innings, they gave up five runs. Six Ks, okay, that could be that's decent. ERA is horrible. Um, Shane Shane Green. Everyone was saying Shane Green's going to be our our closer finally with Vizcaino out for the remainder of the year. Obviously, he's been out for majority of the year anyways. But Shane Green, three and a half in his pitch, gave up seven earned runs, only four Ks, and he has a 13.54 ERA. So you're telling me that he's the future and he's the problem with it? I mean, with all due respect to the Atlanta Braves management, you know, GM and, you know, everyone that's making scouts and so forth and so on, they should have done a better job when scouting these guys. I know Shane Green had a good, you know, few months with the Detroit Tigers, and trust me, the Tigers are a great fire to begin with. But, you know, Shane, Shane Green is not the answer, and we all know that. Luke Jackson, don't give me any of that BS. 
Luke Jackson, not only does he look goofy, but he's not your answer when it comes to closing pitchers for your Atlanta Braves. I mean, Tuggy Chasson is down in AAA. You have Sean Newcomb up there who gives you good, positive innings as well. I've always been a Sean Newcomb fan. But going on to Mark Melikon, who got the save last night, but before that save, he only pitched four and a half innings, gave up four earned runs, seven Ks, and he has a 3.53 ERA, all right? Where that's not good, it's not bad either. You know, it, it, it's slowly going to get better. You know, outside of his wife trying to deny the trade here in the first place from San Francisco, which is just baffles the crap out of me. But besides the point, um, he, he's been pitching pretty solidly. So um, for Mark, I'll give him a little leeway. But for Chris Martin and Shane Green, they need to step up because there's a, you know, as soon as we are able to expand our roster come September and, you know, continue bringing up, we just called up Rafael Ortega last night in that pitch 10. He had a pop-up, but he's very talented. We're going to be calling up, like, Tuki Tassan, maybe Sean Tasmar. Um, hopefully, Dancy Swanson will be back. Alex Riley, the verdict's still out. Uh, Riley, the verdict is still out on him as well, whether or not he'll be back, you know, this season or not. But the only other name to think about that's right at down at Gwinnett, Gwinnett right now is Wes Carson. 17 games this year for your Atlanta Braves, and he has a 3.52 ERA. Tell, t- tell me that, that that's not good. Granted, it's only a half point less than what Mark Melikon has, but it's a hell of a lot better than what Chris Martin has done. It's for sure a hell of a lot better than what Shane Green has done. So, you know, the bird is still out, and, you know, I've always – I'm I'm frustrated because especially that that blow up that we, we had, you know, a couple of nights ago when we were up 6-2 and all of a sudden – I think Soroka was was sent out, which is stupid. When you're only giving up, you know, two two runs or so, he needs to stay in. Or whoever was pitching, I think it was Soroka. It might have been Helio Toron. But um, you need those type those type of players. And you know, our starting pitchers are good. Uh, Bolte's coming on into his own, which I knew he was going to. Our offense is tremendous, but the problem is. To get a deep run in the playoffs, you've got to have a bullpen. And I know what the people are going to say. Oh, Kurt, how many teams actually have a bullpen? The Dodgers do. The Yankees do. The Astros do. You want me to keep going? There's a lot of teams that have good bullpens right now. And for the Braves to take that next step, they're going to have to try to figure out the problem with this with this bullpen and their relief pitching. No question about it. If they can get it done, could they get into the NLCS? Sure. Could they get into the World Series? Sure. There's there's no doubt in my mind that me being an Atlanta Braves fan since the day I was born would love to see that. But let's let's face facts. Their offense is great. Their coaching is good. Their starting pitching is solid. Not the best, but still solid. Soroka's doing well. Max Free's pitching well. Tehran's pitching well. Fulte's getting back on the swing of things. So, you know, they're, they're doing really well. So I'm really looking forward to the remainder of the year. And tonight they are actually playing the New York Mets. And I do believe that Dallas Keuchel is on the mound. There's another one that has, in my opinion, kind of underachieved, you know, since he's 
got uh, got here to Atlanta. But we'll see what he we'll see what Dallas does today, and then we have Julio Turon tomorrow. So it should be a really good series. And my, in my own honest opinion, I think we need to sweep them. If we sweep the Mets here, and the Mets are on a hot streak right now, that would go a long way. Just you know, come September and the playoff time, that we can compete with not only teams in our own division, but teams in general, but we, the really efficient has to be there. You are listening to the KJ Experience right here on blogtalkradio.com. I am your host, the one and only loudmouth leprechaun, Kurt Johnson. Feel free to give me a call at 657-383-0267. Talk anything sports-related. In about 20 minutes, I'll be joined by your Atlanta Hawks play-by-play announcer, the one and only Steve Holman, to get his thoughts about the upcoming season for your Atlanta Hawks. I, you know, and I'm inside the ATL hotspot where I talk mostly sports in the in the Atlanta area. Um, I want to talk a few minutes about the Atlanta Falcons and what my expectations are this year. Everyone knows that they lost the Hall of Fame game. Everyone knows that they lost a week one game to the Jets for preseason, and everyone's saying, oh, preseason doesn't matter. They can go 0-4 and then go 16-0 and and get to the Super Bowl and yada 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 the whole nine yards there but when you know correct me if I'm wrong but when Julio's not playing any this in the preseason when Matt Ryan hasn't even played a single moment of the preseason yet and when you know when these guys like Deion Jones and Neil and all these guys and Alfred that are coming off of you know injuries you know, and they're not playing fully, then aren't you Atlanta Falcons fans worried at all? I mean, it, it, it baffles me because, the, you know, the whole problem has been their offensive line. We we all know that, yada, yada, yada. Their offensive line is going to be okay. Matt Ryan is going to be okay. Devontae Freeman, where I like him, I don't love him. I think he's a little bit overrated in my own opinion. But – and I don't think he's worth the money that he's getting. Of course, Julio Jones and asking for money will will that you know drag into the season as well and be a distraction. And a lot of people may or may not think so, but in, in my own honest opinion, I think it could be a distraction. So only time will tell with that. And I hate to be you know sour about my home team, but it's you know facts are facts. So let's go. Let's break down the Falcons' schedule real quick. Um. They have some very challenging games, and I'm going to give you guys my final, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, final projection on where I think they're going to go. Starting with Week One against Minnesota at Minnesota. Minnesota is always strong. I think Minnesota and Green Bay are going to be fighting in that division. I think Chicago's going to take a step down this year as well. Um, but I do think it's at Minnesota. That crowd's ruckus you know, to to the T. So I think that's going to be the Hawks are uh, not, not, not the Hawks, the Falcons are going to um, start the season with a loss. Second week two, Philadelphia here in Mercedes Benz win. Next game at the Colts. This is kind of a toss up because A, it's in Indy. B, it depends on how Andrew Luck and that young core of wide receivers and running backs and their defense, you know, works out. I think this is a make-or-break game for not only the Atlanta Falcons, but the Colts as well. 
I think with Indy, with Andrew Luck coming back, I you know, coming back hopefully strong because I've always been an Andrew Luck fan, I think the Colts are going to win. So the Falcons will be one and two after the first three weeks. Going into the next three games, we'll create Tennessee, Houston, excuse me, Tennessee at Houston and at Arizona. I think they're all a win. Next game, home against the Rams. Rams are the Rams. They reloaded this year. Obviously, Clay Matthews is there. A few other phenomenal players are there. I think it's going to be a loss for the Atlanta Falcons. Next game, you have the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, once once again, just like the Colts game, you don't know what Seattle team is going to come. If the good Seattle Seahawks team comes, then they're in trouble. But they've been, they've been very inconsistent for the last three, four years. So I just – I think the Falcons are going to take care of business, so they'll end up being uh, being the Seahawks. They have a bye week, and then they come back at New Orleans and at Carolina. I think both of these will be lost games for us. Playing at Carolina, I think Carolina is going to be one of the most improved teams, not only in the NFC, but in the NFL this year. The Saints are the Saints. At New Orleans, it's a tough environment, so I think both of them are going to lose in those games as well. Next Six games, last six games, I think all are all, all wins. Home against the Bucks, home against the Saints, home against the Panthers, home against the 49ers, home against Jacksonville, and excuse me, week 16 at Tampa Bay is a win too. So after it's all said and done, all the smoke has cleared, all the dust has settled, I think the Atlanta Falcons will be 11-5 this year. Could be 10-6, it could be 12-4. But you know that that's you know I think that's what they're they're worth. I think their defense is okay. I don't think it's the best. I think that if Julio, if Julio Jones and Freeman and uh, Ridley and you know all the weapons they have on their offense match together and have a good year, I think they could do do something. So we'll, we'll just look forward to that. Is you know so I have them eleven and five. I want to hear from y'all. I want to hear y'all thoughts about your Atlanta Falcons or anything, you know, sports related, but mostly in the Atlanta area here, especially on this segment. So give me a call, 657-383-0267 to talk to me. I'll be joined in about 10 minutes by your Atlanta Hawks play-by-play announcer, the one and only Steve Holman, will be joining me as well. Um. I am actually going to talk a little bit more about the Atlanta Falcons. I do have time to talk about that. So let's let's break down a little bit on their depth chart. And you know, I, I heard something ridiculous on on a radio station here in Atlanta. I'm not going to mention any names, but they were saying that they're going. To, they were projecting, and some of the people at the that rides for the Atlanta Sports of the Athletic. Not not named Jeff Schultz, who I truly res- respect in every which way. Such a phenomenal uh, writer and just a phenomenal friend, you know, the last few years. But they're projecting that the Falcons are going to keep five running backs and seven receivers. Guys, Atlanta Falcons fans are people that actually have any NFL knowledge whatsoever. Look at the running backs that the Atlanta Falcons have. Freeman, of course, he's going. He's going to make. He's going to be the starter. Smith, Edo Smith is going to be the backup. Ryan Hill is still going to be here. So there's three. Key John Bar- Barner, um, I think he's a 
good practice squad player. I think he could make the roster, um, but I think that he could, you know, he, he's going to be more of a, you know, practice squad player. So I think they're only going to take three. This saying that they're going to have five is just ridiculous. And then having four is pushing it. So I think they're only going to have Freeman, Smith, and Hill. If something happens to one of those guys, then they'll call up uh, Barner from the practice squad to be their emergency back. When it comes to wide receivers, they're projecting seven wide receivers. And I'm looking at the list right now. I'm thinking to myself, Julio Jones, easy. Sanu, easy. Riley, easy. Party, easy. There's four right there. I mean, outside of the other five that they have, five or six that they have at camp, Devin Gray is a solid player. I think he could get some looks as well. I think Marcus Green is a solid player. But, I mean, outside of that, I mean, Christian Blake, eh, C.J. Wharton, blah, Sean Bain, blah, Khalil Lewis, blah, and a name I'm not even going to pronounce because I know I'm going to Muffet anyway. So basically what I have here is, oh, I forgot Russell Gage, uh, Gage, Gage too. So I think it's going to be Jones. I think it's going to be Russell. Devin Gray could be the, you know, the oddball out there, the new Riley and Hardy. So I think they're probably going to take six. I don't think they're going to take seven. They could only take five, but I totally doubt it. I think I, I strongly believe that they're going to take six. So they're going to have Julio, Russell Gags, Devin Gray, Muhammad Sanu, Calvin Ridley, and Justin Hardy are that those wide receivers as well. So, you know, that that's really my thoughts about the Atlanta Braves and Atlanta Falcons going into the postseason for your Atlanta Braves and going into the season for your Atlanta Falcons as well. Um, I have a few minutes here to talk. I, you know, I know that some of y'all have been um, talking to me and being able to motivate me to try to get back on the air, and I truly appreciate it. And you know, there's there's a lot of my friends out there, Brad Lanou and Joel Brock, and you know, the list goes on. Heat Boots. Um, all these guys that I graduated broadcasting school with, and I truly are truly grateful for everything that they've done for me uh, in my broadcasting career. And and it's, it's, it's hard work. It really is. And I'm not going to mention any names. I'm not going to rub people the right wrong way. Actually, yes, I am on this episode because I say whatever's on my mind. Um, there's a station in Athens, Georgia. 960 The Ref and Cox Media Radio that was putting up for a part-time position. And for you people that know, most of the positions in radio, any, any format, is part-time. So I put in for a position on air, entry-level position for, for this that, you know, covered the UGA games this year and whatnot. And I went to the interview. They called, they called and said, to set up an interview, so I basically called, got got the interview. I went to the interview, thought everything went well. Make a long story short, they haven't called back. They haven't. Uh, they said, "Oh, we're still trying to make a decision." They haven't called back, and I was heading back from Athens from doing a job at 
Stanford Stadium yesterday. I'm really looking forward to it because now I work at Proof of the Pudding Catering Company here in Atlanta, and they cater all the Atlanta, uh, all the Georgia home games. So it's going to be really interesting to be there, along with being a Notre Dame fan and seeing Notre Dame versus Georgia this year is a tremendous bonus. But uh, but no, I was heading back from Athens, and I hear on the on that same station that they're hiring. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, and you're talking about people with low experience or, you know, entry-level positions, and they don't give me a chance. I, I told them, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated, a little frustrated. I ain't going to lie to y'all uh, about any opportunities that I'm, I'm going to get. But I will be here. I am going to try to do at least one episode a week. I don't know for how long. Some shows might be two hours. Some might be three. I might do two two-hour shows. It just really depends on my schedule. And I, you know, I love talking sports. And I love interacting with not only my wonderful interview guests that I have, you know, that I've worked so hard to try to get on, but also everybody else that's trying to, uh, you know, get get on and have their opinions heard. So I am not going to guarantee that I'll be back every week, but I am going to try to be more consistent with me coming on to be a part of, you know, this, this program. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have guests. I'm going to be talking, you know, I think next week I'm going to be doing a little bit more on college football as a whole and have hopefully have some good guests on there, whether it's play by play announcers or reporters or whatnot for college football because college football is about to start, ladies and gentlemen. It starts at the end of August with Alabama and Duke, which I'll, if you know me, I am a Duke fan. My dad is a Duke grad. Will they win? Probably not, but I will be rooting for Duke to win here, and I would love to go to a game, but the prices are just out of this world. So I will definitely be doing a college football preview preview show come next week. I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't know how many shows I'm going to do, and then I'll probably do an NFL preview with, you know, with some special guests as well. So look, look really looking forward to that. Um, speaking of Georgia real quick, and I really want to talk about this, their schedule for next, for this upcoming year looks pretty solid in my opinion. Um, they start out with Vanderbilt at Vanderbilt, then they're home against Murray State, Arkansas State, and then the primetime game, CBS, 8 p.m., September 21st, the game I've been waiting for since 2017 when we lost in South Bend, the rematch this time in Athens, and hopefully you Notre Dame fans out there, especially in this great state of Georgia, will be out full force. I will be there even though in UGA colors, unfortunately, because that's part of my job. But I will have my Notre Dame shirt underneath <laughs> that that shirt. Hands down, I can't wait to hopefully meet meet some of you um, Notre Dame fans at that game. So that that's going to be just phenomenal uh, experience. And the, the, the whole thing, the whole season is going to be phenomenal. I mean, I'm going to be able to see not only Notre Dame and Georgia, which is one of the biggest – selling tickets and hottest tickets in college football this year, but to see Texas A&M and see Georgia Tech and to see, I'm trying to think, Missouri, you know, a few of these other teams, it's just going to be a great feeling to have. So I'm really looking forward to uh, 
that looking forward to this season. Georgia Tech should have a good year. After it's all said and done, I think Georgia has a good shot of uh, winning the SEC East this year. I think Florida's going to have a good team. I think Tennessee's on the rebound. I think Vandy has a good team. So, But after it's all said and done, I think with DeAndre Swift running back and Jake Fromm and that defense, I think Georgia's going to get back in the SEC championship. And that's hard for me to say. Um, to, to go and take on probably Alabama and the SEC championship once again. But I hopefully I'm projecting, I think, maybe two losses and hopefully one of them to Notre Dame this year for the Georgia Bulldogs, Georgia Tech. I'm expecting big things from their new coach as well. So I'm I'm expecting probably something like the 8-4 and four range and whatnot. So for Georgia Tech, um, Atlanta United. I mean, I'm I'm talking just everything sports here in this great state of Georgia. Atlanta United is playing really well, guys, and I really think this this Atlanta United team is not as strong as it was last year, but I think they have the pieces and the potential to be really, really good. They may not win the MLS again this year, but I think that the future is promising. Obviously, they still have fans coming out to their games. I've only been to one game. I'm hoping to go, you know, sometime at the end of the year here for the Atlanta for Atlanta United and support them, but they're they're doing really well too. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what the Atlanta United team will be actually doing for the remainder of the year. Um you are listening to the KJ Experience right here on blogtalkradio.com. I am your host, the one and only Loudmouth Leprechaun. Kurt Johnson. I appreciate everyone tuning in. I'm about to be joined by your Atlanta Hawks play-by-play announcer, Steve Holman, to get his thoughts about the upcoming Atlanta Hawks season. Um, after the, it's, the interview is going to be about 15, 20 minutes. After that, if you want to call in, give me a call. The phone number is 657-383-0267. Once again, the phone number is 657-383-0267. And we'll talk anything sports-related whether it's, you know, Georgia sports, whether or not your thoughts about the Atlanta Falcons, your thoughts about the Atlanta Hawks, your thoughts about the continuing struggles that we have in the Atlanta Braves bullpen, Atlanta United, Georgia football, Georgia Tech football, uh, Georgia State football, the whole nine yards, we'll talk about it. So, you know, give give me a ring and always follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at KJ Experience. That's where I keep up all my thoughts and opinions as I watch games here and there. So make sure you check out all my social media outlets as well. Also, if you have any suggestions, comments, concerns about this program, send me an email, kjexperience11 at gmail.com, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. If you want to advertise on the show, once again, you can always send me an email as well at kjexperience11 at gmail.com, and we'll work something out. If you have a small, local small business that you want to promote or event coming up, you know, let me know, and I'll, I'll put together something and, and you know, promote you on the show as well because I, I, that's the whole part of this, not, not only me just talking sports, but I like promoting others as well. And I've been very blessed to have, you know, amazing opportunities to work with amazing people um, in, in this industry for the last few years. And, you know, really quick, while I'm waiting for Steve Holman to, you know, come on, I really want to, speaking of Steve Holman, the Atlanta Hawks 
have been very busy this offseason, drafting three prom- promising rookies and got free, agent, free agents that will help. Now joining us on the CSB hotline is the legendary voice of your Atlanta Hawks. For almost the last three decades, he has entertained and educated sports fans in the state of Georgia. Please help me welcome to the show the one and only Mr. Steve Holman. Mr. Holman, how are you, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Kurt. Appreciate it. It's nice to be with you. Uh, pleasure's all mine. Um, before we talk about the 2019-2020 Atlanta Hawks season, I want to get some of your thoughts about your early experience as a broadcaster. You start. You started in the early 1970s as a broadcast assistant to legendary voice of the Boston Celtics, Johnny Moss. What was that experience like growing up in the radio industry? Well, I started out, I worked for Kurt Gowdy, the the famous sportscaster on the radio station in my hometown, uh, Lawrence, Massachusetts. And uh, as soon as I got a job there, weekends and uh, part-time, I started to get a a pass to go to the Celtics games to uh, go meet Johnny Most, who was my uh, you know, broadcast hero at the time. And, uh, he eventually let me sit with him and keep score for him. And, uh, one thing led to another and he lost his voice one time in 1976 in the middle of a game. And I had to take over and had to do some more games after that. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much how it all started. Yeah. Good deal. Um, so obviously, you know, when you were in Boston, you grew up in the Massachusetts area, you've been to a lot of Boston, Celtics games. Is there one particular player outside of the obvious players from Boston players in the 1970s that you just thought you, you just thought the hot in the world of? Well, I mean, a, a lot of them in those teams in the 60s that I grew up with were certainly, uh, uh, you know, people that I followed: Bill Russell, uh, Bob Cousy, Tommy Heinsohn, John Havlicek. Uh, those were all people that I you know, watched and, and, and really enjoyed, uh, you know, when I went to the games as a kid, my dad would bring me, uh, and, and as it turns out, you know, I got to meet Tommy Heidson and, and, uh, Bob Cousy as they were broadcasters for the Celtics for a long time. In fact, Tommy still is. So, uh, you know, not only were they heroes of mine growing up, but, uh, you know, I've got gotten to work with them over the years too. Uh, you know, when we see the, the Celtics in Boston or when they come here, uh, it's, it's always great fun good deal um you moved to atlanta in the early ni- 1980s to start covering the atlanta falcons the atlanta chiefs for people that know that was the soccer team back in the 1980s and georgia tech basketball what was your first reaction to the fan base uh here in the state of georgia well i, I knew everybody was uh was big on football and uh, certainly you know coming here in fact it was uh, my first day on WGST in Atlanta was uh, August 18th, 1980. So we're, we're pretty much coming up on that uh, that anniversary of that, 39 years ago. Uh, but the first thing I did when I got here was uh, I did pregame halftime and, and postgame of a Falcons preseason game uh, on a Saturday night at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. And then on that Monday morning, uh, I went to the studios on Far Road at WGST and uh, knocked on the back door and had my first meeting with Tom Hughes, who uh, became, you know, my great broadcast partner and friend for over 15 years at WGST, 
uh, along with doing the Hawks games and, and Falcons for five years and, and the Chiefs, as you mentioned, uh, did indoor and outdoor with the Chiefs. Uh, Brad Nestler did uh, some of those games with me too. I, I got to work with uh, with Brad and Al Seraldo at uh, doing some Georgia Tech games and uh, some of the tournament games. We, we would take turns doing the regional games at the Omni. Uh, one of the ones I got to do was the uh, the famous game between Notre Dame and Brigham Young when Danny Ainge uh, took the ball down the floor and scored the basket to win a, to win that game. So uh, it, it's been fun over the years, that's for sure. Uh, well, like like I said, I remember not not remember personally because I'm I'm too young to remember that. But I'm a Notre Dame fan, so the Danny Ainge game I truly remember seeing highlights of. So that's pretty impressive that you were a part of that game as well. Um, you started your full-time play-by-play duties in 1989 with the Atlanta Hawks. What was your thoughts on that 1989 team that had a lot of star power? When when we're thinking star power, Dominique Wilkins, Evan Willis, um, uh, Spud Webb, Moses Malone, John Contact, the whole nine yards. Um, what were your thoughts about that team? And did they somewhat perhaps underachieve that season? Uh, I wouldn't say they underachieved, no. Uh, actually, I started 85-86 was my first season. Uh, I did the games uh, on radio when John Sterling would do TV. And then on the games that he was doing radio, I would sit with him and, and do the, uh, you know, halftime pregame uh, color commentating and all that kind of thing for, for three and a half years. And then when John left to go to the Yankees, uh, March 1st of 89 uh, is when I took over all the time doing all of the games. And that's how I started my my streak right then. Uh, but that 85-86 team was a was a young and upcoming team, very similar to what we've got now in Atlanta. Uh, very young, very athletic, very talented. Uh, they grew up together, as this team, I think, will be growing up together that we have now. Uh, you know, and it, it, it built up to the crescendo of that famous 1988 playoff series, the the seven-game series against the Celtics in that big seventh game that Dominique, Larry Bird, and uh, a lot of similarities to those teams now uh, that we have here, you know, with Trey and, and John Collins and, and and Kevin Herter and the, and the new draft picks that we have coming in, you know, very young, very talented teams. So uh, I, I think that those teams in the 80s, you know, they could have achieved more had they not had to play Larry Bird every year in the 80s. Then we get into the early 90s, and you know we had uh, we had some great teams with Smitty and Mookie and Dikembe, uh, but then we ran into that Michael Jordan guy every year. So you know only one team can win every year, but uh, you know we had some 50, a lot of 50 win teams that year, those years, and uh, you know given other circumstances, I think they had a great chance to win a title. All right, good deal. Um, last season for your, for our Atlanta Hawks was a learning curve with three rookies that played a lot of minutes for us. Going into this season with even more weapons, three talented rookies, including Cam Reddish. I'm a Duke fan, so I'm really looking forward to that. And veteran acquisitions like Jabari Parker and Evan Turner and some of those guys. Do you believe that this team can make it into the playoffs, or are we still a year away? Well, it, it's hard to say. I mean, it's a you know, the, the Eastern Conference is has improved uh, really top to bottom, I think, with the uh, you know with draft picks and, and but it's going to be interesting to see what happens another year under you know this will be John Collins' third year now you've got Trey after a full season uh, coming in to run the show and and like you mentioned uh, the, the draft picks that we're bringing in 
And and what uh, Travis Link, our general manager, did such a good job on was bringing in veterans who are not only going to help the young guys, but also they have expiring contracts. So, uh, you know, when the time comes to go ahead and and use that money for uh, free agents, you know, whenever they decide the time will be right to do that, uh, they're going to have the flexibility to do that and have a, a lot of money available for for free agents. And I think that, you know, we're into the point now where the free agents are going to want to come here, uh, not only because of the beautiful state farm arena that we have, that's been all redone and, and beautiful. And the, the practice facility is one of the tops in the whole NBA. And, and not only that, but the young players that we have, uh, especially Trey, uh, who, if you're a scorer in the NBA, and you become a free agent, uh, you know, he's going to get you the ball too, because he's a, you know, he's a magician at that. So, uh, I think things are really looking up. Can we make the playoffs this year? I, you know, anything's possible. Uh, you know, I, when you look at the comments of, of our young guys, they all feel very confident that they can do that. Uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, baby steps are, are in order. So, uh, you know, I think it'd be great to make the playoffs to get, to, you know, get their feet wet with that. But, uh, you know, be that as it may, we've still got a couple more first round picks coming up this, this next season. Uh, and I mentioned the free agent money. So, you know, if it's not this year, it's going to be very soon. And I think everything's going to come together with the, with the plan that Travis has. And uh, it's and Lloyd Pierce is just the perfect coach for this team. So I think it's all going to happen in a big way, you know, a lot sooner than later for this team. Yeah, the good deal. I agree with you 100%. You are listening to the KJ Experience right here on blogtalkradio.com. I am talking to the Atlanta Hawks play-by-play announcer, the legendary voice of the Atlanta Hawks, the one and only Steve Holman right here on the Wounded Warrior Project Hotline. Um, the 2019 and 2020 Hawks schedule came out this week. What were your f- first thoughts about our schedule for this upcoming season? Well, uh, you know, everybody has to play all 82. So, I mean, it's a, you can look at it and say, well, we, we, you know, we have, I think, 14 back-to-backs, which is which is a little bit more than the, the average in the NBA right now. Uh, I think we do start out with a pretty favorable start to things with uh, a lot of home games and, and against some teams that didn't make the playoffs. So they might have a chance to get off to a good start. Uh, we've got those West Coast trips that are going to be brutal. Uh, one of them, in fact, for the first time uh, in a long time that I can remember, we're going to play both L.A. teams on the same trip, the Lakers and the Clippers, and it's going to be on a Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and with you know both of those teams where they are right now, that's going to be a very tall order. So, uh, you know, it, it, all, it all shakes out, all evens out at the, at the end. Uh, you know, everybody has to play everybody else. So uh, I think that uh, – you know, all in all, I think they, the Hawks have a chance to get off to a very good start. All right, good deal. A um, couple last fun questions, if I don't mind, and I appreciate your time this afternoon. The first one is a fill-in-the-blank. Most underrated Atlanta Hawks player of all time is who? Oh, that's a good one. I think uh, I, I might have to say Tree, Tree Rollins, I think, because uh, he was such a big part of the defense for this team and uh, I, I don't think we realized how important he was to this team until he left. Uh, you know, when they made the change after the 88 uh, playoff series against the Celtics, uh, you know, a decision was made to get more offense. So we brought Moses in, who was terrific. I mean, I, I loved Moses for those three years. But uh, I think if they had kept that team together the way it was, you know, things might have might have even been better. If you could call one 
sporting event in history, you would take your machine, your time machine, and travel to what time, what game, or one one event? Probably the championship game the, the Hawks played in and won, uh, you know, with Bob Pettit and and that uh, world championship in 1958. I think that would have been cool to be there for that. I'm old, but not All right. that and, old. <laughs> yeah. If if you know the last question, like everyone would know, you know, I remember playing video games with like Michael Jordan versus Larry Bird. But this question is interesting. If you could have a one-on-one matchup with only one all-time Celtic player taking on a one all-time Atlanta Hawks player in a one-on-one game, it would be what two versus two. Well, I think right now I would put Trey up against maybe Bob Cousy. Uh, two of the uh, okay. you know outstanding point guards from different eras. I think it'd be fun to see them because they they're very similar. You know, Trey's got a lot of that old school in him with the the way he passes the ball, and uh, you know, and Bob Cousy was uh, was called the Houdini of the hardwood, you know, because he could do magical things too. So I think the two of them uh, would be fun to watch. All right, Mr. Holman, I appreciate your time this afternoon, sir. You're just a big inspiration to not only me, but the next generation of broadcasters. And I've been listening to you for a long time, and so I truly appreciate it. Anything else before I let you go today? Well, I'm I'm just happy to be on with you, and uh, it's been fun, and I'm I'm a big supporter. uh, And I hope other people are, too, of the Wounded Warrior Project, because that is uh, just one of the outstanding things that – that that we do so uh you know i'm happy to be on with you all right i appreciate mr holman continues to says looking forward to coming to state farm this year and listening to you on the radio like i usually do um i i appreciate the time and i look forward to talk to you soon okay we'll see you at the games thanks kurt all right thanks that was the one and only Mr. Steve Holman. You can follow him on Twitter at Real Voice of Hawk and get get his insight and all that. Just a tremendous individual and such a role model to not only me but the next generation of broadcasters. And you know, he he's a real deal, deal when it comes to uh, sports announcement as a whole. So I'm really looking forward to seeing. Uh, seeing him hopefully sometime down in state at the State Farm Arena, formerly known as Phillips Arena, for you people that don't know that, that they changed their names. But um, yeah, just a phenomenal person. I appreciate his his time today as well, right here on the KJ Experience. I have about 15 minutes left before my next interview. So, guys, if you're listening to this and want to talk sports with me, you can call in. The phone number is 657-383-0267. Once again, the phone number is 657-383-0267. And let's talk sports, anything, Atlanta sports, national sports, recruiting, the whole nine yards. I'm really looking forward to interacting with you um, as much as I possibly can. So also follow me. I don't stress this enough. Follow me on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at the KJ Experience. I'm really looking forward to interacting with y'all. I'm I'm an active member on Twitter. I probably do at least one or two tweets a day or even more than that. So I'm very active. So just uh keep keep watching that as well and we'll we'll be uh, we'll we'll be doing big things and you know 
myself and my amazing followers on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the whole nine yards. So I'm really looking forward to, you know, spending this journey with y'all once again. Um, like I said, I have a few minutes here to to talk. Um, I would really like not not only for you fans out there to know who I am, and you know, some of you listening know my backstory and know how I got into it. But I just wanted to educate you, new listeners out there, about who I am. And you know, I'm an open book. All right, that's the one good thing about me. I will. Say whatever, a say whatever's on my mind, but also I'm willing to share anything. And I, you know, 35 years on this earth, I've always strived to be the absolute best. And I have stories, and I have advice for people out there. And you know, yes, this is a sports show. Yes, I'm here to entertain, but I'm also here to be your friend. So if you're struggling through something, and sports is one of your passions that's getting getting through uh, those hard times in your life, jump on board. Talk about your favorite team, your favorite player. We'll chat. We'll we'll, we'll become friends. So uh, I know sports has been a big part of my life as well. My dad uh, and my older brother played in high school. I played recreational sports growing up, soccer, uh, one season of baseball, you know, seasons of basketball. Um, I'm a bowler now. I've been bowling for the last 25 years. I played tennis a little bit, golf a little bit. So, you know, I know the sports. And I know there was a time in my life, especially back in grade school, where I wasn't bullied, but I was kind of an outcast. And sports helped me get to where I am today. And I, I still, to this day, remember sitting along five, six, seven, eight years old, granted, I had a lot of friends. I had, you know, the te- teachers I had were phenomenal, but I was a kind of an outcast. I kind of did my own thing. If somebody wanted me to play soccer, sure, I'll play soccer. If someone wanted me to play kickball with them, sure, I'll play kickball with them. But most of the time, after lunch, recess time, I'm on the fence, sitting down basically in timeout for some, for you people that remember in timeout, sitting along the fence, timeout before you're able to play again. But I used to sit down and read the sports page, and guys like Jeff Schultz and Terrence Moore and, you know, just everybody in general. I mean, Chuck Daddle wrote for the AJC for a few years there. I mean, that's where I learned my stats and what ERA was and the abbreviation for that and players and stats. And it's funny, though, you know, not not my parents and really not my wife, but some people that actually – uh, talked to me, and I'm throwing out numbers to them, and yada, yada, yada. They were like, that's useless. Oh, well, not for me. I mean, that's why everybody has different things in life that they're passionate and devoted for, so that that's really my whole, you know, kill thing, and, you know, I appreciate everyone tuning in and listening to this, and, you know, for you people that don't know, I, you know, I'm not doing this just as a hobby, and I'm beginning doing this to meet people in the industry, getting better at talking to y'all, marketing myself, the whole nine yards. I also graduated from broadcasting school at CSB right here in Atlanta, Georgia. So I do have knowledge. I was one of the co-founders of MMA Mayhem Radio, which we won 
three years in a row for MMA uh, radio media source of the year in the state of Georgia. And, you know, some of our stuff has been on Jim Rohn or PTI or the whole nine yards. But, you know, I, I, I helped build that and it's no longer around, but it was, a good learning experience. And I've been very blessed on this program to interview people like Shane, the professional wrestlers like Shane Douglas and Mickey James and uh, the WWE Hall of Famer, the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, which, which that interview was just um, too emotional for me. But uh, because I look up to him, not only, but the type of person that he's becoming though too. Um, but it also goes to all the wonderful reporters that I've talked to, Jeff Schultz or Zach Klein or Dio Landa Ledbetter, the whole nine yards. I just – everyone that I've made in contact with is just, just phenomenal. And I'm just so blessed and so honored to be part of this fraternity of up-and-coming broadcasters or just in the media industry as a whole. I don't need to, you know, to be – in the hot shots where it comes 929 or one of those to think I'm good. I know I'm good. All right. I know I'm talented. I know I'm good. Am I, am I the best in, in, in the country? No. Am I the worst? Definitely not. Am I the best in Atlanta? Only time will tell. But the fact is that I enjoy what I'm doing and I, I can repeat myself all day long, but I really enjoy this. And between having an amazing job that gives me great opportunities and an amazing wife who's just my rock, my soul, and my everything, and, you know, just being being able to grow up a little bit and, you know, spend time with my nieces and nephews and just, you know, spend, you know, just spending time with family. I mean, both of my parents are in their late 60s. About Both of them are about to turn in their 70s. So just spending time with them is just, you know, the the big thing. And that's why I said, and said to y'all before the Steve Holman interview, and I will have that interview up on, on archive so you'll be able to listen to that, just that interview if you would like to just listen to that interview as well. But, you know, that, that interview was, uh, was phenomenal, but I just want to, you know, just spend the time here with y'all and listening to y'all and, you know, hear, hear your stories. And, you know, this is, this is not a Christian radio show. This is not just a sports show. This is just a fun, fun loving podcast and radio show that I've, I've been doing for a little while. And I do this, I do a combat zone with strictly just MMA and pro wrestling. I do that for an hour or two. I do a bowling podcast occasionally and talk about bowling and professional bowling is an hour long podcast and do amazing things with that. So that's, that's really good. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, doing all that as well. And, you know, increase, increasing my viewership as well. And the people here at blog talk and people at CSS case size submission has been so gracious and letting me do this. It's just an amazing feeling. So I'm not going anywhere. It may not be every week. It may not be every, you know, every two weeks. But, you know, when, when I get free moments and I have guests on that I know will entertain y'all and give you guys some good insights, I will definitely do shows here and there. So 
just stay tuned to, you know, the easiest way to follow me is follow my social media. I always post on social media, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or Instagram of upcoming shows and the link. So you can just click on there and obviously you can call in the phone number is still going to be the same forever, forever. So put it in your phone. If the KJ experience is on and you're on your lunch break at work and want to talk sports with me, give me a call. The phone number is 657-383-0267. It's my, it's my cell phone, my, my, not my cell phone, my, but my number for, you know, callers to call in and I have it on my phone. So, you know, when I'm not doing it and if somebody else is doing my show, for me, then I'll call in and talk sports with them. It's not a big deal to me as well. So we're about a few minutes away from getting joined by fantasy football draft analysis from Yahoo Sports, the one and only Liz Lozai. Lozai? Lozai? Yeah. Um, she'll, She'll be joining us talking about fantasy football, and I know everybody's ready for fantasy football. I've been doing fantasy football for such a long time, and I still do a fantasy football league with buddies from high school. Actually, we started the fantasy football league back in 2001, I believe, when we when we were juniors at South Gwinnett High School here in Snellville, Georgia, and we've been doing it ever since. Um, we have 12 teams, and to this day, we still have 10 original managers from that first season including myself so that's that's just phenomenal and we we switched the last the other two one leaves we add somebody and so forth but this group has been together for at least the last four or five years just this group of 12 so i'm really looking forward to um doing my fantasy football draft as well and i i need help so hopefully some of liz's answers will help uh, help not only me but help y'all as you guys get into your fantasy football drafts here coming up in the next couple of weeks as well as far as the NFL season continues to get back into the swing of things as well. Just just real quick, you know, speaking of the NFL, what does everyone think about what's going on? Your the main storyline going into the season for the NFL. That's going to be my question of the day of this show for y'all. What is the number one NFL storyline going into the season? Is it Antonio Brown now with the Raiders? Is it Le'Veon Bell with the Jets? Is it one of these new coaches that are going to shine like LaFell from uh, Green Bay? The whole nine yards with that as well. Fantasy football draft parties are right around the corner, including mine. My next guest on the Wounded Warrior Project Hotline might be able to help. She is a fantasy football analysis for Yahoo Sports award-winning show, Fantasy Football Live. Please help me welcome to the KJ Experience the one and only Miss Liz Lozai. Liz, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm great. Thank you for that warm welcome. I appreciate it. Uh, pleasure's all mine. I've been a huge fan of yours, and I'm really looking forward. I need help. My fantasy league's here in a few <laughs> few short weeks, so um, you know, hopefully you'll give me some good insight on what I should do. Um, be, uh, be, before we talk fantasy football, how did you get into fantasy football at you know at the profession? 
Well, my um, journey was a little bit detoured. I think anyone actually who's come into fantasy probably has had a um, a circuitous route to the industry. I had been working in the entertainment industry for years and then wanted to make my own creative endeavor. So I made a blog and actually it'll be 10 years ago this month at the end of this month that I posted my first blog entry, which is wild. Um, but I created a blog called the fantasy and actually treated it like a job with a real content schedule using all of the knowledge that I had from working in the entertainment industry and um, just moved it and had a content schedule and videos. And then I created um, a podcast and a Twitter stream and a social media feed and just little by little built it up and also said yes to anybody's any things. I engaged with people on social media in a pleasant way, not a trolling way, which needs to be said these days, unfortunately. Um, yep. And um, created uh, relationships and then was invited on to radio shows like this one or podcasts and said yes to everything. And the right people heard me at the right time on the right show. And I was offered my first full-time paid job as a fantasy football analyst for Scout. And then after Scout, Yahoo caught wind of me and saw the work that I was doing and asked me to come aboard. And I will be entering my fifth season with Yahoo this, this fall. A oh, good deal. Um, I know the show because I watch Fantasy Football Live, but for my listeners that haven't got a chance to see any of it or stepped away from it a little bit, just educate my listeners a little bit about the the show on Yahoo Fantasy Football Live. Well, we are, I think, entering our 13th or 14th season. I obviously haven't been with the show all those years. I will say it's a bit of a trip for me because, like you, I watched the show as a fan before I ever, so when Yahoo called me and they're like, hey, can you come in and, and meet and audition? I was like, uh, yeah, I've been watching your show myself while setting my lineup. Um, so it's a 90-minute live show that begins 90 minutes before kickoff. Um, for those of us on the, on the West Coast, that's 10 a.m. Obviously, for those of you on the East Coast, that's 11, 12, 1 p.m. And um, we, it's, we go through, you know, we answer start sit questions live either via phone or via social media. And we have segments like over-unders. I do a deep sleeper segment. We talk about um, which players we think will disappoint. We talk about matchups. We discuss some of the player props that Vegas has running. And it's just 90 minutes of infotainment to prepare you and help you set the most winning lineup possible as you head into that week's action. Oh, good, good deal. Like I said, I, I remember watching it probably back in 2005, I think I started. To, no, no, not 2005, sorry. More like, two, well, 2015 I started watching it. A little bit more, a little bit more. I watched it occasionally when it first started, so I've, I've always been a fan. Um, let, let's get into the action of talking fantasy football a little bit. Last year, Le'Von Bell was a cancer for owners that drafted or traded for him like I did, unfortunately because of a holdout. Are there any players this year that GMs need to stay away from? Well, there's some concern about Melvin Gordon for these holdout reasons. I think that when you look at Ezekiel Elliott, who's another player who could potentially hold out or is, I guess, holding out. Um, to me, I'm more concerned about Melvin Gordon missing, missing um, actual time because he is digging his heels in and he has much less leverage than Ezekiel Elliott. 
I do feel like when you look at the Cowboys history and Jerry Jones history of playing, of paying his players, there seems to be enough data there that would lead me to believe that Zeke will eventually play. Now, is he concerning because he's not working out with a team and that could potentially lead to, you know, a soft tissue issue or a hamstring pull down the road? Maybe, but when you're dealing with a position as volatile as running back, injury is always obviously a concern. It could happen at any moment. Um, so I'd be less yep. concerned about Ezekiel Elliott. I am concerned about Melvin Gordon. I've moved him down in my rankings outside of my top 10 because I do think he is going to miss time. Um, again, we just kind of have to wait and see. Uh, if he does miss time, obviously Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson move up in your rankings. Austin Eckler would be the replacement-ish for Melvin Gordon. He, I wouldn't expect the same amount of production. Justin Jackson would then be the backup. Um, more of a pass-catching back, though, a third, uh, third down option. But we know how much Anthony Lynn likes to throw to the running back position so uh, and, and make that scheme happen. So you have to imagine there's going to be a lot of receptions. So both of those players are very friendly in PPR formats. Um, in terms of other stayaways, Joe Mixon, who I think is an incredible talent, electric talent, his breakaway run rate last year was bananas, um, also a wildly efficient pass catcher out of the backfield. He I am concerned about because last year he managed to perform despite a bad offensive line that was ranked among the top 10 worst, according to football outsiders, in terms of run blocking units. Um, this year, that offensive line has gone from bad to even worse worse shockingly so I'm worried about him also without AJ Green there potentially for half of the season maybe even more available to stretch the field that's concerning so I think Joe Mixon is someone that I feel is being um, overdrafted I would rather take a guy like Nick Chubb I don't know Dalvin Cook between Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon I think I'd probably lean Joe Mixon but Nick Chubb is one of those second round guys that I'm super high on if I don't have a pick in like the first five spots of the first round. Good deal. Um, every year GMs take defensive units or kickers too early and they miss opportunities to add in depth to their wide receivers or running backs in their flex position. Um, are there any defensive units and or kickers that should be drafted before say round nine or oh 10? Oh my gosh. No. Kevin, KJ, let's not even let's not even do this. Like you're taking a kicker in your very last round 16. Like they don't yep. even touch a kicker until your last pick. It doesn't matter. You're going to stream them week to week. Same with your defense. If you happen to get a good defense, great. But as we all know, defenses um, regress. Like think about Jacksonville two years ago. This amazing squad last year regressed horribly. I'm expecting the Bears, who were on fire last year. Now, as a Bears fan and uh, being someone who's from Chicago, I don't want this to happen, but they lost Vic Fangio, their defensive coordinator, who's now the head coach in Denver, and I do expect there to be a regression in the defense that's just, you're going to see fewer sacks, you're going to see fewer tackles and solos, like, and stops, like, that's just what's going to happen, but I think people are going to overreach for the Bears defense because of last year. You don't have to worry about it. Take the best ranked defense in the round, the second to last round of your draft, and play the matchup. Week to week, if yep. you're, you know, you just, I feel you just got to play the matchups. That's called streaming. Don't worry about strategizing those two positions. And also, if we're talking about positions with a lot of depth, don't draft your quarterback early. In fact, I would say Carson Wentz, according to ADP, that's average draft position data, uh, is going in the eighth round. He is a top 10 quarterback in my estimation. He has that sort of potential. We've seen him flirt with MVP seasons in the past. He now has 
Deshaun Jackson there, a real speed demon to, to fly. He's got this exciting Miles Sanders in the backfield along with Jordan Howard. And so I – and a great offensive line. And so I feel like um, Carson Wentz is an incredible value at quarterback in the eighth round. There is no reason to, as you made a point of saying, um, miss out on value at other positions where, where the talent is, becomes a little bit more thin in favor of something like quarterback where um, there's so much depth that you can get value later. Good deal. Um, speaking of the Chicago Bears, and I know that you're a, you just mentioned that you're a Chicago Bears fan, uh, and I'm a Packers fan. Sorry, um, but what what's one That's okay. player from the, the I've been cheating on the Bears. I've been cheating on the Bears with the Rams for a while, so it's okay. <laughs> but uh, going back to the Bears, is is there one Bears or even Rams player that is kind of underappreciated that you know could be a sleeper? Hmm. Well, David Montgomery is certainly not underappreciated. The new rookie running back. I mean, the off-season buzz, the preseason tape. He looks like he is going to slide right into that Jordan Howard role. Plus, his pass-catching ability makes him awesome. His draft stock, though, is woo rising. Like he is turning into a top twenty, at least at the running back position pick. So that's someone that uh, I, I, that that is certainly ascending, and I'm hopeful about. But you're going to pay for him in that ascent in draft. Um, I really like Anthony Miller. He's going really late. He is entering his second year. I liked him coming out of Memphis as a rookie. Had an incredible – I comped him similarly to Doug Baldwin when he was coming out of college. Slot receiver with an incredible contested catchability. Pulled down something like 13 touchdowns last year with a separated shoulder, no less. Um, he is healthy this year. I do think that touchdown uh, number will regress because, again, regression is just sort of something that happens. But his value in the double-digit rounds is excellent. My major concern with the Bears is that Mitchell Trubisky doesn't have the goods to turn all of the pieces around him, including his incredible, uh, incredibly creative coach, Matt Nagy, um, propel all that forward. The reports out of camp is that he ain't good, and he ain't never looked good to me. And so <laughs> can this quarterback do it? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not entirely hopeful, but we have to, we have seen flashes and I, you know, if you're going to draft a bear, you just have to have faith that Matt Nagy is able to put Trubisky in situations where he can, he can win. So, you know. Yep. Good deal. Um, you, you were mentioning David Montgomery and the rookies that are coming into this next football season are always talked about when it comes to fantasy football this year. I think the running back core of rookies will shine and could be excellent picks up in flex leagues or keeper leagues or whatnot. Who should GMs look at as it comes out as far as the rookie class? Well, David Montgomery, I think, is probably the hottest rookie that you can talk about. Josh Jacobs, the running back in Oakland, is also another excellent option. He was the only running back selected in the first round, which tells you both about the running running back market and his ability. I'm a little bit worried. I mean, we're all watching hard knocks, right? Like, I'm a little bit worried about that offensive line and the circus that is going on in Oakland. They seem like a franchise perfectly fit for whatever will happen in Vegas. Like, whatever happens in Vegas (laughs) happens in Vegas. It should stay there. And, I mean, I think the Raiders are sort of on that trajectory. But um, as for Josh Jacobs, you know, the, the knock against him coming out of college was that he was never an incredible talent, but he never carried the full load. Now, some people said, that actually worked in his favor while he was at Alabama because he didn't put on the, the miles. 
the, the mileage onto his body. So, I, you know, if the offensive line were a little bit better in, in Oakland, I would feel better about him. And, you know, if Antonio Brown stays on the field and there's other receiving weapons that can create some space for him, then I feel better about that. But that's certainly a rookie who, at least from a volume perspective, should see a ton of opportunity. And that's the name of the game, right? The more chances you get, the numbers, the higher your numbers in production should be. So I like him. Um, TJ Hawkinson is a rookie tight end in Detroit. He was selected in the first round early on, which is incredible. Rarely happens for tight ends. And tight ends are also a position that um, are notoriously uh, rookies tend to not do so well because it's such a difficult nuanced position between being a pass catcher and a blocker. So there's um, definitely space between the turnovers. So, it's rare that a rookie will put up giant numbers. Evan Ingram did it most recently, but that was also because Odell Beckham Jr. wasn't on the field uh, in that space of time, so his volume increased. But TJ Hawkinson, to me, I had a, I love that kid's skill set. He's out of Iowa. He's a throwback tight end, um, an actual Y, if you will, kind of like Rob Gronkowski. Uh, he can block. He can catch. He, he Different than his teammate Noah Fant, who's the rookie in um, – in Denver, the rookie tight end in Denver, also coming out of Iowa's program. But he's Noah Fan, I think, has some hand issues and is more of like a speed flash after the catch guy, whereas Hawkinson is a, is a, has that do-it-all lunchbox kind of lunchtail sort of skill set. I think that – I don't know if his volume is going to be enough in Detroit to make a fantasy impact, but I do think he's one of those players that will ascend quickly. And I just want to add, if you're looking at Detroit, this is an offense that has told us they want to run. I mean, they are basically Patriots, Patriots Midwest, right? And Matt Patricia yep. wants to run the ball. They got rid of Theo Riddick. That means a lot of targets for Carryon Johnson, who certainly has uh, the skill set to work as a receiving back. I like Carryon Johnson if he can stay healthy there between behind a hopefully improved offensive line or more cohesive offensive line. And also – when you look at TJ Hawkinson and you look at the passes and targets that Kerryon Johnson is going to get, I think that Kenny Galladay, who's a player I love in terms of skill set, um, I think his numbers or his opportunity are going to go down. So if you're looking for a tip on Detroit, don't – I would fade Kenny Galladay as much as I love the player because he's being drafted around, I don't know, the 18, 50, wide receiver 17-ish spot wide receiver maybe a little – a high-end wide receiver too is where he's being drafted. But I think Marvin Jones – is a cheaper value and probably we'll see it will, will outkick his ADP if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Um, real quick for the fans here in Georgia that are you know about to do their fantasy football draft and say, look, I want to draft a Atlanta Falcons player. Which one do you think will have the breakout year for the Atlanta Falcons? Well, I think you guys have two good options. I mean, everyone knows that Julio Jones is a stud. Y'all should pay him. Um, but but um, I would say Calvin Ridley earned himself a promotion after last year. Everyone's looking at the touchdowns, but if you look at his technique, his route, run, route running, the way his game evolved over the season, to me, he has earned himself a, a promotion heading into this next year. And so I'd expect his volume and opportunity to grow. I really like him. I have him in my top 25 wide receivers, I think, in that, like, he's my wide receiver 22, something like that. Um, and I think that uh, Devonta Freeman is an incredible value at, at running back right now. People are, you know, there's no, obviously, no Tevin Coleman. 
Ito Smith had flashed in opportunities, but Brian Hill is out there doing work. So I don't really know, uh, you know, who the number two to Freeman is, but I do know that the number one is certainly Freeman. And if he can stay healthy with his vision and his patience, I think, and his pass catching ability, I think that he should be in a position to succeed, especially given where he's being drafted in fantasy drafts right now. Yeah, good deal. Like I said, I think the last couple years I've had Matt Ryan, so I, I'm one of those guys that will will draft at least a Falcon uh, Falcons player in my draft if given the opportunity. Um, couple quick. Well, Matt shorting, Ryan was uh, like answer. Matt Ryan was. Hold on, Matt Ryan. I want to talk about Matt Ryan. Um, Matt Ryan was okay. a top a top five, I think, top five fantasy producer last year, and he. And, and everyone thinks of him as, like, this floor player, but he, in fact, hit an awesome ceiling because the defense was so – had so many questions. And, I mean, the defense looks like it's going to improve. The injury bug hopefully won't hit it as hard, but y'all still don't have any pass rushers. I don't know what Dick, Dick Beasley is going to do his thing. We've all been waiting. And um, yep. I, so I think that Matt Ryan right now is still an incredible value. So if you wanted to wait on quarterback, which is obviously something I preach – and get yourself Matt Ryan after the – I think you can get him between, like, round seven and nine. Go ahead and definitely yeah. do that. Yeah, I, I got him. I believe I got him in the round ten last year, and I was – I'm like, I'll grab him as quickly as the next person. So, it, it worked out really well for me last year. Um, couple quick fill-in-the-blanks, if I can. The first one is the deep sleeper that every, a lot of players – a lot of people don't know about is who. Deep sleeper. Oh, how deep do you want to go? Well, I like Dante Moncrief. That's a drumbeat that I've been listening to since the spring. He has earned himself, I believe, the number two position in Pittsburgh opposite Juju Smith-Schuster, which obviously should mean a lot of things for his his volume. He's also an incredible red zone threat, so I see him catch it. I mean, seven touchdowns, eight touchdowns, season, not out of the question at all for him. If you want to go super deep, now this is like I don't know if you have enough roster spots for this, but Chris Connolly in Jacksonville is very intriguing to me, probably more of a best ball than a season-long pick. But he left Kansas City, 97th percentile spark athlete. That's the metric that Nike uses. Incredible contested catchability, showing great rapport with Nick Foles, now in Jacksonville since Blake Bortles is out. And when you look at Nick Foles and the type of receiver he needs, he needs one of those big, long receivers that can win in contested situations, pull down those 50-50 balls like Alshon Jeffrey did for him in Philadelphia. That is Chris Connolly. Their chemistry is amazing. So while I wouldn't necessarily mess with receivers on a bad offense that want to be conservative and run a lot, I think that that might be a surprise, and that is my hottest take um, from a fantasy perspective. All right, um, and the last question is, in the first three rounds, by position, I should take what in the first round, what in the second, what in the third? Depends where you're drafting from. If you have one of the first five picks in the first round, then you're taking a running back. You're either taking Alvin Kamara, Zeke Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, uh, or David Johnson, is that all? or Saquon Barkley. Those are your five. If And then if you're drafting after the five spot, you're looking at Devontae Adams, um, Nuke Hopkins, Michael Thomas, one of those high-end wide receivers. I, a lot of, some people really want to take Travis Kelsey. He might be the only tight end that I would take early. If you want to do that, fine. I think there's value later on. So, you know, I'm not going to kill you for it because it's just a personal choice. I would prefer to wait on one of the later rounds and pick some value. So, again, top five picks, you're going 
uh, running back. Later on, uh, if you're not in the top five, you're probably going to go wide receiver. Um, And then in the second round, if you did a wide receiver, get yourself a running back. You can get yourself Nick Chubb. You can get yourself uh, Dalvin Cook. Um, And then I would say in the third round, uh, you got to go, you know, and, and, and if you had a running back in the first round, you get yourself a wide receiver in the second round. And then in the third round, I would stack up on running back again. Marlon Mack is someone that in the third round is, is I think, a really nice pick. Um, get one of those running backs um, in the third round, unless there's an incredible value at receiver still there, because come rounds five through eight, the running back position thins out and is just gross. So stack as many of those running backs as you can. There's just more, vol- there's just more depth at wide receiver right now. Oh, good deal. Liz, I appreciate your time this afternoon. I've been a big fan of yours, um, and I truly appreciate meeting along with myself and all my listeners. Hopefully they're about to start their fantasy football, and hopefully with your insight today they'll end up winning their, their league and get some money, or if it's just for fun, then just have some bragging rights. Anything else before I let you go today? Um, are you going to talk about the the experience, the radio experience, the event in Atlanta on the 24th? Oh, yes, yes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I knew there was something I forgot. Um, <sighs> yeah, there's there for you fans out for you fans out there, um, there will be a special event at Twin Peaks, I believe, in Atlanta that mm-hmm. 929 is doing. It's a fancy football summit and Liz will be there along with a few others, and I'm going to let her explain a little bit about it. Brad Evans will be there, too. Yeah. All right. And so um, what, you know, let let the listeners know a little bit about what's going on with that. Oh, it's just, it's going to be fun. It's a Twin Peaks in Atlanta, like you said. Me, um, Brad Evans will be there answering all your fantasy football. I think there might be a draft. If you have any fantasy football questions, we will be there. We'll talk fantasy, um, help you during the draft process. If you have questions, construct your roster. Um, It's coming together really, really nicely, and I'm very excited to be a part of it. All right, good deal. And like I said, if if I'm free that day, I will definitely come and, Get a chance to talk to y'all, and I, like I said, I appreciate everything. Everyone, go check her out on Twitter and everything that she does on Twitter and her social media. Liz, I appreciate your time today and continue success, and look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you so much. And that Twitter handle, by the way, is at Liz Loza L O Z A underscore F F at Liz Loza underscore F F. Same thing on IG. Good luck, win big this season, and thank you, KJ. All right, thank you. That was the one and only Liz Lozai, fantasy football guru from Yahoo Sports. And a lot of good information, y'all, about fantasy football and what to expect this year for fantasy football. And I'm truly, um, truly ready for it. And, you know, the 92.9, the game, uh, fantasy football summit is actually, I believe, this weekend. I'll double check for y'all for that. Um but it's going it's going to be a tremendous event. Uh, Brad Evans is going to be there, and Liz is going to be there as well. So, you know, if you have any questions or just in the Atlanta area and want to come by and chat fantasy football with them, I know that they will give you some amazing insight on what you guys should do with your fantasy football this upcoming year. Um, we're about less than ten minutes from 
starting the segment I like to call the uh, combat zone right here on uh, on the on the on the KJ experience right here on BlogTalkRadio.com in conjunction with CSS Radio. I appreciate Liz and Liz Lozon and uh, Steve Holman coming on, and I have one more amazing interview to come. She's one of the fastest rising female wrestlers, not only in the southeast but basically the in the in the country right now. Uh, Amber Nova will be joining me at about one thirty, so here in about a few minutes, and I'm I'll also break down after the interview. I'll break down uh, SummerSlam a little bit for you wrestling fans out there talk a little bit about what AEW is doing, the whole nine yards, and AEW is making a big splash, guys. I, I kid you not. I've been I've been a big supporter of them from day one, so I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing them as well and see what they're, uh, they're all about as well. So we'll just really take a look at that. Speaking of the Fantasy Football Summit, it will be August 24th, 2019 at Twin Peaks and Buckhead, starting at 12 p.m. Host Liz Lozon, Brad Evans, uh, Brian Bellinger, I think that's how you say it, will all be there uh, answering your questions. So feel free to, uh, if, if you're free that Saturday and want to, come on and, and enjoy some fancy football, feel free to do it. The address is 3365 Piedmont Road in Atlanta. Um, if any questions on directions or whatnot, just contact Twin Peaks Buckhead and Buckhead Twin Peaks. I've been to numerous times. Uh, the event's free, first come, first serve. Um, it's just a, trem- a tremendous opportunity for everyone to get your fancy football um advice from a lot of experts in in the field so hopefully you'll get a chance to do that and you know hopefully i'll get a chance to participate in that event as well and if if i'm there come come up and introduce yourself i'm i'm cool i'm cool as a cucumber um so we'll be really looking forward to that um I'm going to go ahead and get into the combat zone and we'll talk a little bit about pro wrestling and MMA. It's time for hard hitting thoughts in the world of combat sports with the loudmouth leprechaun inside the combat zone, only on the KJ experience. Thank you, Todd Quarters, for that warm introduction for the Combat Zone. What a dear friend of mine. He does just phenomenal work as well. One of those fans, even though he's a Michigan fan and I'm a Notre Dame fan, he does phenomenal work for me. Welcome, everybody, for the Combat Zone right here on the KJ, KJ Experience. I am your host, the one and only Loudmouth Leprechaun, Kurt Johnson, as well. Um, I will be joined here in about five minutes by one of the fastest rising female wrestlers, not only in the Southeast, but in the country, in my opinion, Amber Nova will be joining me at about one thirty Eastern time. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll be doing after the interview, I'll be doing a little bit more breakdown as far as, um, all the stuff that's going on with, uh, AEW, everything that's going on with WWE, of course, the G1 climax, all that has ended. So, there's a lot going on with pro wrestling as well. The, the WWE is having the King of the Ring once again. I think that's phenomenal. I think a lot, a lot of people are upset about that, but I I think that's just tremendous on what they're doing with the King 
King of the Ring, and I'll give you my thoughts about that and who I think will emerge from the, you know, great with that. And, of course, you know, my thoughts on The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and everything that he's doing, um, just an amazing talent. But I will definitely talk about all that as well when it comes to Raw and SmackDown and, you know, maybe a little bit of Impact Wrestling as well. Speaking of Amber Noah, Amber Noah, she has wrestled for Impact Wrestling and Shine and uh, NXT and the whole nine yards. So I'm really looking forward to, you know, talking to her. And it's, it's been a long time coming for, for me as well to be able to talk to her. So I'm really looking forward to spending some time with that as well. And for for you people out there, and I, I only have just a few minutes here, but for you people out there that just, AEW All Elite Wrestling is coming all out, and in October they have the TV deal with TNT, which I think is phenomenal. It's going to be a great show. All Out's going to be a great show. Hopefully, CM Punk will be there. I will freaking mark out if he's there. Uh, one of my favorite entertainers of all time. But um, AEW is for real, guys. I mean, you know, everyone's saying, "Oh, it's just a T-shirt company," and you know, and, and that's how AEW is going to make their money. It's more than a T-shirt company. You're going to have Cody Rhodes and Sean Spears, a.k.a. Ty Dillinger. That's a dream match waiting to happen. With the gloves off, that's that's a tremendous match that's going to take place at All Out. And John Moxley there and Chris Jericho and Hangman Page. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to give my quick thoughts about it. If I don't get, get to it this episode, I'll definitely do it next week about, you know, the all-out card and my thoughts about that. And I'm, I might have some toss-ups in there as well. So it's just it's just going to be a tremendous time. So let's continue watching that. SummerSlam, in my opinion, real quick. Not much to talk about. I think, I think outside of the main event and finally Seth Rollins being Brock Lesnar, that part-time SOB that he is, um, he, it, it, it was just your typical WWE pay-per-view, I think, in my opinion, nothing really dramatic. And it's kind of a shame too, because, you know, everyone's saying Chris Stratus coming back or Edge coming back was a highlight. Okay. That's fine and dandy, but their time in the, in this industry is up. So I just don't understand. I understand it was in Canada and the whole nine yards. So I'm just really looking forward to, um, on a scale of one to ten, I probably SummerSlam. I probably if push and being nice, I probably give it a seven. Um, for the most part, it's probably a little more like a five and a half, six, but seven and a half just because Edge came back and Trish had a good match, and of course Seth Rollins finally winning the Universal Title again. So, um, but that that's really my thoughts, and uh, you know, for for one of the top three. Uh, pay-per-views of the year for WWE, I think they kind of dropped the ball. I mean, Royal Rumble was okay this year. WrestleMania was better, but you know, SummerSlam was a very big disappointment. So hopefully with Class of the Champions coming up and Hell in the Cell and a few other of those pay-per-views, I think hopefully they'll be able to uh, get back in the swing of things as well with, with that. And and of course, you know, AEW is doing their thing, and the G1 Climax has ended in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So it's just, you know, a good time to be a wrestling fan. And there's a lot of options out there, and Impact's doing their thing, WWE, NXT's doing their thing, and of course, SmackDown Raw's doing their thing as well. And WoW's there, and Lucha Underground 
is not around much anymore. But, I mean, New Japan is the real deal. But I think everyone's waiting for the debut of AEW to come. So we're just really looking forward to that moment as well when it when it comes. I'll be joined here in a second by Amber Nova, who's just one of the most talented female wrestlers that I've, I've seen in a long time. So, you know, hopefully she'll be coming on in a second here. But for everyone that's listening, always feel free to check out social media at the K, at KJ Experience on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the whole nine yards. Also, follow me, you know, send me an email. If you're trying to advertise on a show for your local business, please give me a call. Uh, give me a call. Find me on social media. Send me an email at kjexperience11 at gmail.com. I am going to, after this interview, I'm only going to have a few more minutes. So um, after, this inter- after this interview is done, just continue staying on the line. Phone number is 657-383-0267. Female wrestling is getting huge with several all-female promotions, Shine and Wow, just to name a few. And they're special, they are given as main events on pay-per-view and national TV. My next guest on the Wounded Warrior Project Hotline is one of those amazing talents that you see once in the blue moon. Her gimmick as a mechanic and her wrestling talent makes her, no pun intended, RVD, one of a, one of a, one of a kind. Please help me welcome to the show the breathtaking and amazing, live from the garage, I would assume, the one and only Miss Amber Amber Nova. Amber, thanks for coming on today. How are you? I am great. Thank you for that killer introduction. Thank you. You nailed it. I, I appreciate it. And it's, it's been a long time coming. I know we've been trying to get this to work, and I'm so excited with this interview. You're you know, obviously one of my favorite wrestlers right now, female wrestlers in in the country. So I'm really looking forward to this interview. Um, before we talk about what you're doing now, let's get back into how did you get involved in wrestling and who were some of the female wrestlers that you kind of looked up to with your style? Thank you. Um, yeah, no, we've been trying to schedule this interview for a while. I've been traveling. I just got back from Texas and London. Uh, I was out of state a lot, uh, out of country, uh, so I'm happy to do the interview. And uh, back to your question, um, the females I uh, grew up watching, like, you know, Lita, Victoria, uh, Luna Vachon, Medusa, um, Trish Stratus, just uh, I loved AJ Lee. Um, with my size, I am, if not the smallest or one of the smallest uh, female competitors in the ring today, but I like to use my size to my advantage in any way that I can. But um, a lot of the women I looked up to, they, they are maybe a bit bigger than me in size. But uh, like I said, Victoria, all those girls, they were so badass. And um, they had a huge impact on me growing up watching wrestling with my dad, you know, fixing classic cars and, um, you know, watching wrestling when I got home from school. And um, so, yeah, that's that's really how I got into it. Good, good deal. Um, your first match as Nova Girl came April first, two thousand sixteen, for Championship Wrestling Entertainment, and that first match was against your trainer, Miss Santina Garrett, who's just a phenomenal talent as well. How were your pregame uh, nerves knowing that your first match was against your trainer? Um, it was it was great. So, um. Santana definitely had a hand in helping train me. Um, she wasn't always there because, like, she was 
you know, in Japan and all over the world. Um, and yeah, my nickname back home was always Nova Girl because people saw, you know, saw the girl driving around in the Nova and they're like, oh, hey, yeah, what's up? Yeah, you're Nova Girl. And it just was always my nickname. Um, but it's really part of just what people would always call me growing up. Um, Nova, you know, my name, Amber. So, um, yeah, the first, my first match with her, it was really great. Um, I got to, you know, first time I stepped into the ring was with her and um, at the Team Vision Dojo and training with her. So it was, it was honestly, I felt like I did pretty well for my first match. At least that's what I'm, you know, I just go off of what people tell me. So, um, yeah, it was, you know, it was hard competition for someone that's been in the business 10 years. I mean, uh, back then it was like six, seven years for her, but, you know, was, I was just starting out. So I didn't have that experience that she had, but, um, I think I definitely held my own and, and, uh, it was, it was great. It was a good opportunity. It was a good experience for me. All right. And I, I know that you were born and raised in Hillhead and more on that later, trust me, because I think we, we, we have a bond with Hillhead, but you, you've been mostly, you reside in Florida. Sorry, I was actually not born in Hilton Head. I was born in uh, Persephone, Hackettstown, New Jersey. My parents were both okay. from Jersey, but I grew up my whole life in Beaufort, Hilton Head, South Carolina. Okay. Well, like, like, so like I'm I said, kind of we'll, like we'll a talk a little bit more. Like Jersey, Jersey Southern sure. girl. But, yeah, I pretty much just tell everyone that's where I'm from. Okay, good deal. Um, but, you know, you're, you're, you now reside in Florida. Um, talk a little bit about the Florida promotions when it comes to pro wrestling down in the state of Florida. There's so much wrestling in the state of Florida. Um, there's so many different promotions. Um, I'm more so trying to go more out of country and out of state. Um, the opportunity is like when I moved here, I moved to Orlando four years ago and I've been wrestling matches for at least about three now. And, um, you know, uh, Impact Wrestling was running out of Universal. We have uh, WWE NXT at Full Sail University. You know, WWE's PC is here. And there's so many other uh, training schools and, and training um, promotions and just opportunity here in Florida. So that's why I chose to move to Florida. Uh, I was willing to move, you know, across the country if I had to to go where it was best. But luckily it was only a couple states away um, where I needed to go to find my dream and passion of wrestling. Good deal. Um, you made your Impact Wrestling debut in April 2017, you, and you had matches with Ali and Sanina and uh, Taya and Rosemary and Sue Young, just to name a few. Um, your experience and what was your experience like in Impact, and what did you learn the most from your time there? Um, I, yeah, I got to step into the ring with some pretty talented women. Um, Ty Valkyrie, Sienna. Ali, Hyena, um, it's uh, uh, Sue Young. <laughs> um, all, it's just been it's been badass. It's um, did I mention Rosemary too? <laughs> I guess I had quite yes, a few I matches. I had um, uh, <laughs> uh, with Ava Story, Brandy Lauren. Like I've had a few matches at Impact, and it was it was an awesome experience. Um, uh, one of the women I watched growing up as a kid, uh, Gail Kim, she helped mentor me throughout the matches and. Yeah, I'm, I have to say I'm really grateful for the opportunity I got being so new in the business. Um, you know, everybody chases their dreams, or not everybody does, and sometimes you're just not capable of doing it. And I'm blessed to be uh, physically able to compete in the ring. 
Yep. Good. And like, like, like I said, everybody follows their dream. It's just the ones that work harder to achieve those dreams. Um, yeah. But start, you started with Shine, which is one of my favorite promotions right now in 2018. What does it mean to you to have several all-female promotions now in the world of professional wrestling? Um, it means so much because now there's there's more opportunity than there was before. And, you know, before if there was only a few girls and there was only a few opportunities, um, you know, it wasn't so easy. But then again, it, maybe it was um, for some. But now there's so many girls and there's so many promotions that maybe it is a, it is getting a little bit harder because there's so many choices. There's so many women. There's so many promotions, which is good opportunity. But in the other hand, it's also making it harder because there is so many. Um, So you have to work twice as hard, I feel, at at times, depending on the situation. Um, So it's it's a good, it's a good thing, but it's also like, wow, you got to work even harder because there's just so much. Yep. You spent some time down in WWE NXT and got a lot more experience. What were some things you learned that you didn't know about your wrestling career and the way that you came across on your wrestling ability? Um, came across, I'm sorry, what'd you say? That, could you repeat it? Uh, yeah. Um, you spent a lot of time in NXT and got more experience. What were some things you learned that you didn't know about your wrestling career and the way that you wrestled? What did you learn? Um, my in-ring style, um, you know, traditional, and, and, and I like to incorporate a lot of lucha style um, with my size. And just being at NXT, um, that also is a really great experience. I got to step into the ring with Nikki Cross, who is now uh, one of the half of the um, women's tag team champions. Um, I also got to step into the ring with two of the best competitors from Japan, you know, Yoshirai, Kairi Sane, uh, and it's it's been amazing just to be able to work with these women and learn from them and help me grow as a competitor. Good deal. Um, you actually are going to take part in an event in November and what's the stadium called WrestleCade. I've been there the last two years, and it's just a tremendous event for you old school wrestling fans and new school wrestling fans alike. But what does it mean to you to be – and, you know, invited to these wrestling conventions? Um, it's great. I went to um, – I was uh, up in New York um, for WrestleCon, for WrestleMania this past year. Um, I got to spend time with some incredible women. Um, Ashley Mazzaro, who I watched growing up, and I got to spend time with her. Um, and what a lovely person she was. Um and just coming to these events, I get to meet these people that I now get to work with. Um, that you know, I have the the honor of working with these people that I grew up just you know idolizing. And so um, WrestleCon was a good one for me. I've had many other signings I've been on with like uh, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, um, Eric Bischoff, um, a few other signings local here in Florida, and now to get to go to a big event and WrestleCade come November. I'm pretty blessed. And I'm just I'm just kicking it in the drive. I really am. Oh, good deal. A um, couple of last fun questions for you, and I appreciate your time this afternoon. I know that you love working on cars, and it's not just a gimmick. It's your life, lifestyle. Um, your lifestyle. 
I, I, I can't even do my own oil, to tell you the truth. But your dream, <laughs> Fast and the Furious, sorry about the noise, um, but your dream Fast and Furious drag race would be a what against a what? My dream Fast and Furious, oh, man. Drag um, race will be. Drag race. Sorry. I apologize. Well, go, go on. I'd probably have to say, you know, my 73 Nova. Uh, maybe, obviously, I might need to be a little bit more souped up. Um, I have a 355, technically, you know, 355 board 30 over engine. But, um, you know, if it was a little bit faster, uh, maybe against the Chevelle. Um, I love any year style from, like, 68, 69 to 73, 74. After that, they really didn't start looking so good. Like, if you look at the new Dodge Challengers, new Dodge Chargers, they really try to stick with that muscle a classic muscle car, but modern style. So I really like that body and build. Um, and you guys think classic cars, my 73 Nova, it's heavier because it's made out of like, it's like hitting a brick wall. It's like, a, it's like if you take a new car and hit my car, it's like a sledgehammer and a piece of plastic, you know? Um, so the weight in that makes the car not go as fast compared to a new car. Cause they're yep. lighter in weight, you know, cause it's made out of plastic. Um, so, you know, it has a lot of factors depending on which cars I would choose to race against which cars. I'd have to think about it. Um, but, I, you know, speaking of Fast and Furious, I um, have been on the local radio station here in Orlando with Monsters in the Morning for a while now, off and on. Um, it's uh, Real Radio 1041, iHeartMedia, Monsters in the Morning, and they went and bought out the uh, movie theater here in Orlando, and we did a little uh, movie premiere for the radio station and some local listeners and we all brought out our, our sports cars. Um, it was for the new Hobbs and Shaw movie. Uh, it was awesome. And that Hobbs and Shaw movie was badass. I recommend everybody go see it. It was killer. Good good deal. I've always been a Fast and Furious fan, and I haven't got a chance to go yet. So hopefully within the week I'll go, and I'll, I'll definitely give you a review on social media. And for all my listeners I'll out there, you know, follow, follow me on Twitter, KJ Experience. Um, one last question. All right, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we have some ties with Hillhead. You grew up in Hillhead, and my grandparents actually lived in Moss Creek before they passed. Okay. So, you know, so I, I used I'm to go down there, that. you know, grow. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's, it's been a few, it's, it's been about 10 years, but they're just, they were just amazing to me and just treat, treated me so well. Um, but, you know, the one I've I've always tell people that Hilton Head, South Carolina is if if I could go anywhere and live anywhere for the rest of my life it would be Hilton Head. I just adore everything <laughs> about that place and I just I still have an aunt and uncle that lives there. They moved down from Pennsylvania area. I have a couple of dear friends of mine that do voiceovers and radio there on the island of Hilton Head. But my question to you yeah. is your your favorite restaurant on the island is what? Oh, man, it used to be Daniel's Bar and Grill right in the Cligny, um Plaza, um, right on the, the south end. Um, they had the best Greek salad um, I've ever had in my life, uh, but they closed down. Um, I, I believe, yeah, they closed down. A friend of mine, her uncle owned it. Um yeah, so Hilton Head, it's a retirement island, and it's definitely grown um, with more touristism and um, 
people retiring and a lot of people move down to Hilton Head. The thing is, is there's, there's not too much career opportunity because honestly, all of Beaufort County, Paris Island, Ladies Island, Hilton Head Island, all of these islands together of Beaufort County, they're just marshland and ocean. And unless you're in the medical field, which I was a former EMT for um, shoreline medical transport, which we ran out of Beaufort Memorial Hospital, Hilton Head, Coastal Carolina, and we transported patients, you know, all over. Um, and if you weren't in the medical field, then you were probably a Marine, um, like Lacey Evans. She came from Paris Island, um, same area as me. So, you know, there's just a small town with not that much opportunity. So that's why I moved to Orlando to really focus on my wrestling career because there wasn't much up there. And I, I was an EMT for a few years, and I really – I really grew as a person. I, I had so many, uh, like, really dear life moments and memories helping people. And, but I always had that nagging itch to do modeling and, and wrestling. And I knew I could always go back if, um, if I wanted to. Yeah, and like I said, there's so many uh, restaurants for me. I'm, I'm big on seafood, so Crazy Crab has been around forever down there. Oh, uh, yeah. Hutch, That's a big uh, one. Hudson's. Hudson's Bar and Grill, I really like, um, but I, I unfortunately I haven't been back in probably about six years, you know, since the hurricane went through. So hopefully I'll get a chance to go down and not only see family members, but also a couple of dear friends of mine as well sometime. And like I, like I said, I mean, I if if need be, and if I had the perfect job already set in there, I would I would leave here in a heartbeat and live live on the beach. There's no other perfect life to not to live on the beach, though. But outside of the beach, real quick on Hilton Head, outside of the beach, your favorite thing to do when you lived in Hilton Head was what? Um, I loved paddleboarding, riding jet skis. Um, I was an island girl, so the beach was there. I, I loved the beach. Um, <laughs> yeah, any type of, like, yeah, physical sports, um, I wasn't that good at surfing, but, you know, paddle boarding was fun. I would try out yoga poses on the paddle board that helped with balance. I would see, like, old photos from GoPro, you know, using the GoPro in days. And um, so that's probably what my favorite thing to do was around the island, just the beach. Good, good. good deal. Um, Amber, I appreciate your time this afternoon. and You're just just amazing, and I'm just looking forward to seeing what the future holds for you. Everyone go check her out on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Amber Nova 73. Anything else before I let you go today? Uh, yeah, that's it. You guys hit me up on all my social media, uh, Amber Nova 73, hence the 73 Nova I drive. Um, your classic car driving professional wrestler and keep on rocking in the free world. All right, Amber, I appreciate your time, continued success, and look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you. I really appreciated the interview. All right, appreciate it. Take care. That was – take care. That was the one that only Amber Nova is just tremendous when it comes to her her lifestyle and everything that she's doing, so just – um, just continued success with her. It's just, it's just, she's just been phenomenal. So I'm always looking forward to spending some time with um, talent, talented individuals as well. So appreciate that. I have less than ten minutes left 
on on the show, and I appreciate everyone that came on today. Not not only Amber Nova, but also Steve Holman earlier. Your play-by-play announcer for your Atlanta Hawks gave me some good insights with the Atlanta Hawks, as well as Liz Lozon, the fancy football analyst from Yahoo Sports, or did also join join me to do a few do a few things as well. Um, but I appreciate everyone tuning in to this episode of the KJ Experience. Thank you for uh, letting me come back on the air and educate y'all a little bit more on sports and giving you guys some good insights when it comes to professionals in the professional field. Um, and like like I mentioned, follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at the KJ Experience. Follow me on um, all the social media, send me an email if you're willing to, if you need to promote something or you're a local business that w- wants to be promoted, get in, you know, send me an email, kjexperience11 at gmail.com. Always, if you want to call in when I do a show, phone number is 657-383-0267, and I, you know, I'll talk anything sports with you, whether it's college or high school or professional or, you know, professional wrestling for the nine yards there, but um, I'm going to let everyone go. I appreciate everybody and thank you so much for letting me uh, come and uh, chat with chat with y'all this afternoon and continue looking for more and more updates of the KJ experience coming. You know, hopefully keep up with my social media. That's the best way to do it and, you know, appreciate it and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. And say, I'm stupid and I'm about to get hit in the nuts. That's funny. Uh, Hold on, I gotta warm up. I don't wanna pull a hammy. (laughs) You're gonna die, clown! (laughs) You think that's funny? You mess with the leprechaun, you get the clovers. Remember, they have weak kidneys. No, no, not my kidneys. They're so weak. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.